tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV's Manhattan After Show. Today, we are doing Season 2, Episode 2, Fatherland. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. Joining me, I have... What's going on, guys? As always, Bobby DeMuro. Marissa, how are you? How was your week? Good, good. How was your... Uh, my weekend was good. How was yours? Not terrible. Not too terrible. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. good. All right. Um, first... Excellent story. I should say, so, so if you're live streaming with us right now, we're early today. That we are. But next week and from then on, we're going back to the usual time. 10 p.m. Pacific. So if you show up at 10 p.m. and it's like, well, wait, whoa, wait a second, they've been done for four hours. Like this is a one-time. That's how we roll. We're yeah. just on it. It's just a one-time deal. So yeah. you know, for for those who are showing up at 10 Pacific, it's already been done. <laughs> so um, we're doing Fatherland. What were your quick thoughts on this episode? Well, let's let's start with where we finished last week and the thing we talked about about a hundred times last week. The biggest one. Frank. Where is Frank? Frank's back. We saw him. Frank is back. Thank now, God. And this is, I like the way that they do it, and we'll get into it in the show, but just real briefly, like, it's a parallel storyline, so you can develop Charlie and, and Fritz and Crossley and Meeks, for God's sakes. We got a lot to say about Meeks. A lot about he Meeks. didn't do much this week. Uh, but, but those we saw guys <laughs> in the, what's that? We saw enough of Meeks to exactly. talk about. We already know. Shoot. We know from last week. Yeah. So. But, like, you see enough with those guys there, you see enough with Helen and that team, and you have this parallel storyline with Frank. So you can do whatever you want with each and then decide when they come back together. So I like the way that they did it. Uh, we'll talk about Buker and all that, but I'm glad we got Frank. We need Frank. Uh, I'm telling you, this guy, is his name John David Hickey? The actor? Yeah, Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Hickey. Jo- okay, Hickey, yeah, he deserves a damn award for this. Oh, this He's episode phenomenal. was so He's, good. Like, he should have in season one. I know they won an Emmy for, what, the opening credit sequence or whatever in mm-hmm. season one. Yeah. I mean, you know, but again, this is, I don't want to get into it. This is you and I and the way we feel about Manhattan and how critics feel about Manhattan, but how the American public hasn't quite caught up yet, <laughs> whether it's the network it's on or whatever, like, it hasn't hit madmen and those kind of statuses yet and it should nah, but yeah it should it's not it should be on par with them because definitely the quality and the acting and the writing it's so up there i don't see why not but That's, what what did you think of the fact that we now have frank in the second episode granted yeah. we didn't get it in the first episode but i'm glad that they didn't take their sweet old time getting frank back into the story oh yeah no and i'm glad they did it i'm glad they did it like this because it's parallel so you can take frank on whatever journey you want while still keeping the story arc you've created for yourself from the end of the first season when he left with the atomic bomb on the Los Alamos side. And they're, they are tied compared to, like, Frank's storyline trying to find out yeah. about the Nazi intelligence while well, well, Team Implosion and Charlie, and they're trying to figure out just the Nazis in general. Where are they? Who are they? So, so, I so guess, I, I there, guess, there was similarities there. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, let's start at the end. You know, spoiler alert, you shouldn't be watching an after show if you didn't watch the show. But <laughs> right. let's, let's start at the end about 
the propaganda and all that kind of stuff, and that Frank realizes that this is propaganda, the Nazis probably aren't anywhere close on a bomb, and you're using our own stuff against us, and was Magpie even real? I mean, Frank went the hell deep there. Oh, but he should have. Yeah, exactly. He went down the rabbit Were hole. Were you surprised with this? That <sighs> our own, especially the, the colonel that we saw, Darrow, and we saw him says, I am United States. Let me, and let me, then now knowing his character, mm-hmm. selling fake intel... To the Nazis, what do you think of that now that he's representing U.S. just in general? U.S. selling fake intelligence? Let me uh, – I will say this. How do I put this? <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, in general, with conspiracies and government conspiracies and CIA and all this stuff, and we hear it in historical stuff, we hear it in modern stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um, with the exception of the guy, the random dude who's like, the CIA is bugging my house. Like, nobody believes that guy. But – in terms of high-level government conspiracy, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. But if those things turned out to be true, name your conspiracy, JFK, whatever. If they turned out to be true, I'd look at it and go, yeah, I can buy it. I, I, I get it. And this is the way I feel about this. When I see Frank sit down with, with Darrow, with Colonel Darrow in that scene, mm-hmm. and Darrow's like, I'm in the United States, the propaganda thing comes out. I'm watching it and I'm going, you know... I believe it. <laughs> I believe they would have done some crazy stuff in World War Two to get to that level. Exactly. Too. I don't know like the technology that they would have had and how deep it would have gone, but I think it went deep as hell. Um, I I think the conspiracy side of World War Two that none of us may ever know about that have just been lost to history would be fascinating. And maybe this show is just almost a fan fiction of World War Two conspiracy, as weird as that sounds. That the writers be. are sitting there saying, "Hey." Can we dream up a conspiracy that still fits within the show? How do we make that story arc work in here? And I'm How like, do we make it our own yeah. in a way? And also, to kind of go off of that, the title of this episode itself, Fatherland, there is a, a, a well-known spy thriller, English story, best-selling 1992 thriller book by the journalist Robert Harris, which the story of this book is actually an alternative history in where Germany actually won World War II. So it's its own fan fiction. It, in a way, it is. And I think that's where maybe they, they got the inspiration for this, like the possibility. It opened up the possibility for the U.S. to be the losers on, on like be on the losing end and then making us think that the Nazis actually had the upper hand. Very smart. Yeah. But very surprising, too, to see that making, do you think it was, I don't want to say good, but like right for them to sell this fake intel just to throw Nazis, throw the Nazis off their game and think, think that they're winning? I mean, all's fair in love and war. Isn't that the phrase? Like, I think, I, guess. I mean, now here's the thing. Now, there's a lot of things and I'm glad that they kind of pointed this out. One of the things that we talked about last week on this show very specifically was we don't see a lot of World War II scenes. We don't see the European theater. We don't see the Pacific theater. Today, we got a couple things. Today, we got the video in Europe. The video Charlie Isaacs was showing. We'll talk about Charlie later. But Which we got is very video. true with World War Two. A lot of just uh, mm-hmm. the army, the military in general. They were a lot of times for screenings. Yeah. They would have real time documentaries of actual footage from the war. This is what's going on and, and, during the war. And you can call it propaganda or whatever. But we got some Definitely. of that video, so we start to see that window. The other one is the internment camp. He sees the Japanese. People. I mean, these are Japanese-American citizens. Unless it's a POW camp, but I didn't get that feeling. Yeah. It's an internment camp. These are Japanese-American citizens. We know about internment camps from history. It's one of the more shameful periods of time in this country's history. Definitely. So I'm glad that they're tackling that. 
um, with their own spin and doing what they do with Frank. And we'll see how long Frank stays there. And obviously the way we left the episode today, he might be there for ever. Another good long while. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that they're going to tackle that. I don't think it's too much, only because it's war and all is fair in war. So the selling of the propaganda, the the treating Frank like a POW, as as lovers of his character, we're sitting here going, "This isn't fair! Don't do this!" And to we're him. frustrated. We're frustrated. We're angry. To we're watch sad. Frank go through this. What do you think of him? Like literally putting him in a physical prison. Not just a mental prison, but the actual physical literation of a prison. I think it comes down to them, whether they believe Frank is a spy or not, whether they believe he knows anything or not. And I still don't know what they really believe. We don't know if you trust Darrow. We we, we didn't trust Fisher, but now he's dead, so it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what they believe. They're trying to put people to a point of pressure where they then crack. And we saw Frank crack a couple times. We saw a couple different yeah. cracks this episode. So I think the more that he cracks, the more that gets revealed, the more that is then revealed to him. We can debate whether or not the stuff revealed to him is true. Um, but I, you're going to see him crack a lot more. Yeah. And, and that's I'm the gl- point. And, and I'm glad they kind of went through this mental torture for him just in one episode. If they dragged this on for two or three episodes, it would have been like, okay, we get yeah. it. He's he's being tortured. But I'm glad that they wrapped this whole storyline and we're figuring out what they're doing and where the heck Frank is within one episode. So I was like, all right. So we still got our pacing. So I'm still very invested. The show is still very interesting. Not once has it been boring. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to the other side, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, Charlie and Meeks and Fritz and Crossley and Helen, because the team kind of got back together today. The bomb is moving along, I guess, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, um, and I'm interested in that side now. I find myself in this season, two episodes in, and it's partially because of the arc they've taken, I find myself significantly less interested in the relationships. Like, Frank and Liza, like, yeah. Liza... Let me put it this We've way. We've already established the relationship. Well, we and, like, so. and like Liza finding Frank to figure out what happened to Frank, I'm all about. Liza finding Frank, the person she loves, I'm like, I get the motivation. I'm not as into it. You know, Abby mm-hmm. and Charlie, every time Abby and Charlie are on screen, I'm a little like, eh, it's mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. And they're doing important stuff. They did important stuff today. But it's just, it, it it isn't doing it as much for me right now as the war game stuff. I want Helen and Charlie on screen. I want Crosley and Fritz. I want to figure out what the hell's going on with Meeks. My yeah. God. You know, before we actually really delve into Team Implosion, just a little bit yeah. more about Frank. No, we did go. we didn't learn about his relationship, his family relationship. We see Liza appear to him, but also this this vision of Liza saying, you don't, the, the, what did she say? It was a, a formulation of something that you, it, they're lies, that he, it's, it's a scientific method that scientists lie to themselves to believe that they're actually true. Well, and and, the and then we is- find out Kelly's name instead of Liza's. So do you think Frank loves doesn't love Liza? I, I, think, what, I think it's a little bit of a of different angle. It's the narcissism thing. She said it about narcissists, yeah. like you're a narcissist. And it's that idea of Frank putting his signature on the bomb. And the signature is not his name, but it's Callie's. So it's it's not narcissism. It's different, you know. And Frank, it's family. It, it's, almost, it's not that he got cocky with it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he did. But he just got... I don't know the right word. If it's cocky or complacent or a mix of both or whatever. But Frank got 
whatever the word is, and put mm-hmm. Callie's name in the bomb and, and got sloppy a little bit with calculations. The calculations were wrong. Then they get fed to the Germans or maybe or maybe not fed to the Germans. Well, the show that, that he made this super personal. Yeah. The fact that he even put his family's members in, now putting his own family members in jeopardy, and now that the Germany has a hold of this information, he realized he messed up only because, yes, the math was wrong, but he made it too personal. Well, hasn't that always been Frank's downfall? Like, making it, not just making it personal, but going alone. And Mm -hmm. that was his downfall in Team Implosion in the first season. Nobody believed him. They were like, you're crazy, this stuff doesn't work. And he was the crazy guy going alone, setting off tests alone. How many times we see him do that the first season? A couple times? (laughs) Having it blow up in his face, literally. Yeah, just dangerous as hell. Um, But that's, that's it's good to be proactive, but when you go alone too much, you also run the risk of going rogue even if you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And so Frank always walks that line. And as far as the government is concerned, at least now, they don't care. he's gone rogue. Or alternate conspiracy theory, the government knows Frank is not the spy or whatever, but need to know what he knows and may believe he knows more than he's telling, right? Well, now Frank now knows that there's a spy on the hill. Yeah. And as we know that it's Meeks... But do you think these guys who are interrogating him now know? Because he, I mean, he was shouting, there, there's someone up on the hill. But it seemed like Colonel Darrow knew that there was already a spy. Oh, I think they already figured. I'm not sure. But they, maybe they needed the, the true, genuine reaction from Frank realizing that he's not the spy. So they can rule him out, be like, but he did just confirm there is a spy there. And it, it goes back to Fisher's murder. Um we need to understand at some point how many people actually knew Fisher existed. <laughs> like, yeah. how many people knew he was there because he was always alone, he was always coming in alone. But if Darrow knows about Fisher and then Fisher doesn't show up one day, that's going to raise a red flag for Darrow, whether he tells Frank about it or not. If Darrow doesn't know Fisher's security clearance, Darrow may not know Fisher and Meeks' you know, murder, uh, accomplice to murder Fisher may go undetected for a little while. Yeah, and also just seeing Fisher at the beginning of the episode, now knowing that he died in the last episode, yeah. makes me wonder how long has Frank been at this prison? Because we saw Fisher alive, but we know he's dead. So how long has Frank been there? Well, that's the point. You can't tell, and he can't tell. Yeah. There's no way for him to tell time, and he's so delirious anyways if he's hearing he's stuff food or and whatever. Water. At least he had water. Yeah, so if he's hearing... hearing he's hearing things, seeing shied. things. Was it Shied? Schreiber. The, the music? Yeah, the music. Schreiber. 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 Okay. Yeah. But we the audience also learns that his mother was German. Mm-hmm. What do you make of well, this? Well, how much of this though? do you believe? Did, did you believe that story? Like, because Buker wasn't who Buker said Buker was. Yeah. And Frank wasn't either. Frank introduced himself as Charlie Isaacs. And, and so. honestly, I thought Buker was a figment of his imagination. That would have been true, too. That could have like, been interesting, they're too. complete, because the only time we saw Buker, he was by himself with... Only with Frank. I was mm-hmm. like, he. Who knows how long he was in that prison? Who knows? Because he's already imagining Eliza, so he could very well be imagining Buker. Yeah, but it turns out he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. So, um, um, but but Buker was not Buker. Buker is not. He's not a teacher. He's not a, a, an American Nazi. Whatever the lie, you know. But does he work it. for America? Do you think? Well, yeah, oh, for sure. 100%. Because he yeah. was in on Darrow's interrogation. He just walked out he to was, Darrow's interrogation. But I still question him. Even though he's posing as a American Nazi spy, that was maybe a lie, or maybe was that true? Really, I would. 
I don't, so it's like a double so conspiracy I can't, theory. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know, it, there's foe and then double foe. You know, what, what do you call that? I, you just blew my mind. <laughs> I need See, to sit I, down. I just don't trust Buker enough to trust anything, what he says anymore. I mean, that's true. But I trust him enough when the whole group got together around Frank, and Frank saw it. And Frank mm-hmm. was like, this is propaganda, and he was yelling whatever else. Like, he got it. He's, and Frank's angry, so are we. But... I'm like, I want to know. It was a really good episode. I just want to know more. I wish it had been. It needed it to be continued. I mean, it, it, all these. I mean, it's really a series. Did. It's all to be continued. <laughs> but it needed like it, it almost felt like this would have been the first part of a specific two part thing. The way that we leave Frank sitting there with the water dripping, and like if I had seen a to be continued at the end, I would have been like, okay, this makes just a little more sense. Wouldn't have made it better or worse. Yeah, but. I just hope we don't have another episode where Frank is still at that prison. Now knowing that these guys who are interrogating him have all the information and questions answered from Frank, what is the left to do just to let Frank go? And we should have had that at the end of the episode, like maybe a well, shot of Frank is no longer at the prison. What if the alternative is the Tosa? Whether or not the Tosa actually exists or it's just something Buker lied to Frank about? Okay, no, I actually looked this up. Okay. Tosa. Tosa is a type of breed a dog breed that they use in Japan for dog fighting. Which that's like Buger the said, main, so that's right. yeah, that's yeah. the main type of breed. It's, it's generally just called dog fighting, but for J- the Japanese culture in that area, they use the breed of dog uh, Tosa dog breed. Okay, so it's not it's not an action; it's a breed, but during the action, it's weird that they. See, here's my thing. It's weird that they would tell Frank, that Buker would tell Frank all these things dog about against dog. It's doggy about world. fighting and the way that they pit these people together. If they were true, like why would Buker tell Frank true things about how they're interning people? So it makes me feel like everything there is a lie. <clears throat> Excuse me, is everything a lie. You know, you think? Yeah. Why would Why would you? If you were Buker, why would you tell Frank? I'm like losing my voice. If you were Buker, why would you tell Frank the truth about the internment camp if he didn't need to know it? What's the difference? You don't care whether maybe what to he gain knows. trust. But or even you can gain trust with him with a lie. Buker's name was a damn lie. You know what I mean? Buker's mm-hmm. backstory was a lie. He gained trust with Frank. Kind of. Interesting. Makes me wonder if we'll see Buker again. I because ho- I he seems very hand-in-hand hand with Darrow. So we already don't trust Darrow enough. And now That's there's correct. another person that we shouldn't trust. And these are people who work for U.S., not for Germany. So I think that's the thing. I think the, the United States and anybody in war, you get to that point and you're like, I need to pit our people against each other, our scientists against each other, to find out if, if who's telling the truth and who's doing what. It's way, probably way over paranoid. But mm-hmm. from their perspective, you can't be too safe, right? Right. Like you would rather, I think, and I hate to say this, and this is what the U.S. did effectively with Japanese citizens in internment camps. The attitude is almost like, you know, you want to err on the side of caution and you would rather imprison an innocent person than let a guilty person walk free. And that's a terrible attitude to have. And it netted us in internment camps a an awful situation mm-hmm. but for their perspective on the inside of the government and these private doings on Darrow doesn't give a damn nope. Darrow Darrow will take every innocent person to jail as long as A the bomb gets made and B no spies get out and he so, doesn't care who's innocent or yeah. who's guilty so long as he gets his answers dude's got no conscience he's got nobody to answer to he's he's the United States I mean he's it's not him he's a bureaucrat yeah it's, an, it's all a bureaucratic system and, and I love the fact that they brought up that turtle it's turtles all the way down that that's metaphor my favorite, story that's my favorite like Such origin story of anything anywhere I tell people the story of turtles Turtles all the way down. I've always heard it with Bertrand Russell, the scientist. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I love that story a lot. Uh, a friend of mine is Lithuanian. She taught me how to say it in Lithuanian. Oh, wow. The whole thing? Yeah. Vezdiejemin. 
Okay. I probably just, if anybody speaks Lithuanian, I probably butchered it. But that literally means like turtles all the way down. She taught me that. Because that's, that's, yeah, I love that story. Yeah. So when I heard it, when I heard the first thing about the turtle, I was like, I know where this is going. Yeah, exactly. And then it was like, once I heard turtles, I was like, I, I see. It's, yep. a, it's another bureaucratic system. Which Frank already pointed out. He's like, you're just another bureaucrat. Yeah. But he's too smart. So I, it, and he did mention, you know, it's, it's doggy, the, the game dog against dog. It's a crazy game. But you know what's another fun game that we love that? Football. Football. <laughs> Football. We do. So as you guys know here at AfterBuzz, we do uh, a lot of promos and stuff almost every show. Keep the lights on around us. Keep the cameras on. I'll say this to like cut out right now or something. <laughs> Keep the cameras on and everything uh, so you guys can get a lot of free content. One of our promo partners, a uh, good promo partner for us here at Manhattan on AfterBuzz is DraftKings. And DraftKings, if you guys have watched football at all this fall, you've seen their commercials. They're literally everywhere. Uh, but they're here too. They're running a great special on DraftKings. DraftKings.com. If you like fantasy football, this is fantasy football on overdrive, I guess. You can play every day. You can play every week. You win money every week. Uh, Go to DraftKings.com, and here's the deal. DraftKings.com. Use the promo code BUZZ, B-U-Z-Z, BUZZ, just like After Buzz TV. Uh, You get a free shot at $1 million in this week's Millionaire Maker event. Wow. Um, It's interesting what they're doing. They're, They're Giving away a lot of money. <laughs> um, so if you like football, if you like fantasy football and setting rosters and following players and tons of people do this sort of stuff. You, you love probably, that. You probably, well, me with baseball, you probably with basketball. Yes, um, definitely. We're probably the worst people to talk about football. We should be doing but this we in love, basketball season. But we love football. But I like the idea. AfterBuzz um, loves football. You would do this with the NBA, I'm sure. They do the NBA. But DraftKings.com, promo code Buzz. That's again B U Z Z Buzz for free entry right now at DraftKings.com. Build a lineup, set a team, win money. And it changes every week, so you get a new chance every week. Yeah, literally, and you get Crazy. paid like literally the next day. It's a pretty damn simple thing. Awesome. So awesome. Thank you. All right, let's get to team implosion. We saw Charlie. What do you think of Charlie now taking on? Now we have the whole Which, mission. Army now has to go. Army's going to invade. First, first thing I was going to ask is which Charlie? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the actual Charlie. The Isaac. real Charlie. Um, what do I think of Charlie? What, Charlie, I mean, we didn't he's see. He's saying confidential information yeah. to the right people, but then confidential information to the wrong people. Was Meeks in that conference room? He was. Because Fritz was the one who asked when they were going to invade, and he said he didn't know yet. Didn't know. So if Meeks was there, no, because Meeks is the mole, at least we think. Yeah, because we saw Team Implosion when they went out, f- when they drove out yeah. five miles. They're, they're wondering, and because Helen was the one who was leading that little charge, and Helen was at the meeting. So, right. she, it was, so they were learning everybody. secondhand. Yeah. So, no, they weren't at that meeting. But, but Meeks knows. But Meeks knows. Okay, because that might be important. <laughs> but the army is going to invade Europe and try to tell the Nazis like yeah. or trying to find out any Nazis and what really. would, what is going to become D-Day. Yeah. <laughs> um but we don't you know at this time we don't know it yet. Fine um, weapons and mass here, destruction. Here's, so here's the thing, let's take a very very quick detour because this is important. A scene we saw tonight is Meeks and the man who killed Fisher. And the man who killed Fisher breaks the Hershey's. I think it was Hershey's. Hershey's wrapper. Breaks yeah. the Hershey's wrapper in half. I assume maybe it had writing on it or code or something. And he gives half of it to Meeks and he goes will contact you. So, like, Meeks doesn't have a contact anymore, so yeah. even though he knows the invasion information, and even though the Nazis are probably like, you know what, at some point they're probably going to come over, let's be real. Um, even though Meeks knows the invasion information, 
he can't tell anybody. There's nobody for him to contact right now. Except for the other person who has the other half of that rap. But he doesn't know how. Because he was like, we will contact you. Which to me meant that like now Meeks is on an island and there's there, the next contact that's going to come. He can't pick up the phone for anybody. The next contact that's going to come is going to be to him. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, we also saw his, you know, his informant, whatever, who ripped that rapper. He's not at the bunker. Does that open the possibility that other people are coming back to the bunker and more spies are now there? Sure. In plain sight? Why not? Why not? Why not? (laughs) It has to be someone else that we don't know then. Or maybe it is someone we already know. Maybe there's another spy there that's already been there. Who who do you think it would be? Who's the most likely character? To be a, a spy, besides Meeks, who is the presumptive one. Well, that's that's hard. I can't pinpoint which one, but you always said you, you question Paul. I do question Paul. I thought of another one, and it's insane. Who, who do you think? was asking Charlie today about what he's working on? Um, no more secrets. Who said that? Uh, <laughs> Abby. Yeah. So here's the thing. Abby... And this, Abby has family in Europe. Here's the thing. And she's rich. She's been portrayed as the rich girl, the East Coast girl. So if they made the jump of, like, social elite, well-connected or something, it would be believable. You could you could write that arc in backwards. Mm-hmm. And if Abby were to be a crazy spy, which is an insane theory, but if she were to be a spy, you could then write the arc in to say Abby comes from a wealthy family that is well-connected and XYZ. Um, it's not just a random person, but Abby's got family in Europe. Abby, to this point, has been so uninterested, but is it just that we've been conditioned to think that she's uninterested and she's really playing the long con? Or, like, I I think that's a fantastic theory. Another thing is she's also a woman. So a lot of people... Who would expect her? Would, yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of people wouldn't expect a woman to be a spy, especially during World War II. And if you were real, hmm. Abby, I mean, this is assuming she's a spy, which again is a jump. I'm not. <laughs> this is kind no, of a no, thing. Like, but if you if you were, if you were not spy, Abby, if you were by the book, Abby, let's be real. Wouldn't you have left by now? Well, she wanted to leave. Remember? Yeah. At the end of season one, she wanted divorce. She wanted to move out, but the only legit way, so no one would question her, is she had legal documentation that they were divorced. Mm-hmm. Charlie was not having that, so remember that. Yeah, that's true. That kind of pokes a hole in my theory. Yeah, so Um, what do you think of Charlie's now telling Abby about the atomic bomb, the atomic implosion that's all gone? Like, Abby knows. That got got Frank into trouble, and by extension, it got Liza into trouble. The more Frank talked about it, the more trouble he got into, and Frank was probably, didn't approach it the best, and he got railroaded, but the more Mm -hmm. Frank talked about it, the more trouble he got into. Liza is now in trouble because of what Frank told her. Their place was bugged. Who now lives in their place? Charlie Charlie and and Abby. Abby. So their place conceivably is still bugged. Now, obviously, Charlie, I don't think, knew. No, wait, Charlie didn't know. Charlie knew that Frank's place was bugged. Didn't we have a scene where Charlie helped set up Frank last season? Am I crazy? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, got, so okay, I have to go back and watch it because I watched it a couple weeks ago. Like before the thing, I right. watched it like a month ago. Because Frank season. knew they were bugged and then he like purposely spoke I into the swear, mic and revealed all yeah, that information. I swear I thought there was a situation where Charlie maybe didn't help, but he knew. He knew that Frank was being bugged at some point. Maybe I'm crazy. Okay. Either way, they know Charlie knows what happened to Frank generally. He doesn't know the specifics. So Charlie should know better than to talk about this stuff in his home. 
No, it was outside his home in Doesn't front matter. of the whole public. It's even it's just as bad. Which, it is, and I was like, I was like, Charlie, what are you doing? You are literally exposing yourself to the world right now. This is not the time nor the place to be talking about this. I wonder who's going to come away as the shrewdest character. It's tough. Like, it's so tough to watch this show and not want to jump four seasons ahead or however long it goes and be like, who won? At the end of the day, like, who's the last one standing? You can make a case for anybody right now. I would listen to anybody's case for anybody at this point. See, you can okay. make a case for everybody. To go off of that, now that you, you know, to take a step back, you said that Liza is now more in trouble because she knew. But Liza is educated. She can she can be use for the you know the atomic bomb. Whereas, what can Abby do? Well, we don't know if she got in trouble. What we don't so know. Liza can stand on her own, still knowing this all everything that's going on. But what can Abby do now that she? Knows? But the great thing with Abby, she'd is get more in trouble. She could, but we don't know. We take her past at face value. We haven't seen it. We take all of their past at face value because True. we haven't seen it. The only past we've really seen has been Frank in World War One. We haven't seen a ton of past. We just know what we know about them. So with Abby's background, richer, East Coast, well-connected European family, I, I really think you could write a believable story arc. And if she were your spy, and it's again, it's crazy, but if she were your spy, you could write a believable story arc in where she is like very well-educated or whatever the case is. I just, she like, she's kind of a wild card to me. Because she's the last remaining spouse right now. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, Akeley's gone. His wife's storyline is gone. Uh, Liza's storyline is, is, Liza's here, it's but her, there. it's not a spouse storyline anymore as much as it's like going to be yeah, her yeah, Frank's son for a while. Uh, at least, yeah, at least a while, maybe for the rest of the show. <laughs> um, really sad. So Abby's your only spouse. So I'm looking at Abby and I'm like, it's 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 is it Rachel Bresnahan is the actress. Mm-hmm. It's it's too good a character, and she does too much interesting stuff to just be like, oh, damsel in distress, Abby. But, it just it's too helpless for me. There's something else there. But what do you think about her proposal to Charlie? How do we weed out all the the Nazis? Like, what do we do to affect them? And then she took a personal and went very dark. Be like, well, you have their pictures. You know what they look like. You know their families, their addresses. Who do you go after? Because if it was their position, they're trying to find you, they're going to go after you. So we're going to go after them. And, like, the personal, like, literally go after their own families to get information from them. What do you think of Abby taking it that dark? I think Abby's looking pretty good as some kind of spy double agent for me. Interesting. (laughs) I can see it. I just... I I can see it now that you bring that up. Maybe maybe it's only because... This could be crazy, and I'm sure maybe your commenters are like, dude, you were way the hell off base. This could only be be because we saw such a conspiracy episode tonight. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in that frame of mind. And I'm like, who's the next spy? What's going on? Because at this point, like... It would have to be something else because this show is too good to just have Meeks be the spy and us as viewers be like, oh... It's countdown till they catch Meeks. And Two more episodes till they catch Meeks. One more episode. Like, no, there's something else this, going on. Or there's someone else helping Meeks, yeah. too. Because yeah. Besides the guy. Besides the nameless just, dude who murdered but like, just one of the, the characters. But, like, the character of Meeks, we already don't like him. Yeah. And it's to the point where we can't just always stick to that one dislikable character. There has to be someone else to make it just interesting. Meeks is, Meeks is, like, weirdly sympathetic at points, though. Like, I don't hate him. I guess I need to see more spy work get done to really hate him because he's had some sympathetic points, like his love story. Yeah, that and the fact that the, there was when they were out in the desert doing, you know, setting up the f- photography and whatnot, they, they come across that yeah. wolf 
And he had a very moral moment. He was like, we should bury it because that's, I mean, if it was Germany, they wouldn't. But he had a heart. Do you think that was a sign of Meeks having a change of heart? Seeing what they did with Fisher. Or knowing how, how far... He's he's into How, and seeing what they and, and knowing mortality. So like they did with Fisher, they throw Fisher in the car. The guy's like, "All right, see you later, bro." And Meeks goes and throws up. It's the mm-hmm. first like emotion he's shown with that. He was terrified when Fisher was dying, but it's yeah. the first like physical reaction. And then we see this dead wolf or coyote or whatever, which like big deal. It's out on the range, like it, it happens. You know, this animal kingdom, or if he was shot for whatever. Um, but Meeks is like, well, you have to bury it. Like, all of a sudden, he has a conscience he for has something. A conscience. This one he didn't do. And it was like, well, bro, wait a second. Like, are you having a change of heart about mortality in general? Or do you think that's just to show the audience that he's not all bad? Or can be changed. Yeah. Or, if, like, if he's going to change his ways and actually be good. Maybe save the day. I don't want to call him the savior, but maybe he'll, he'll change his ways. And become a double agent. And someone else will be the antagonistic spy in the story maybe abby abby how great would that be though i mean you'd have to like write a lot they'd have to write a hell of an arc for it Mm -hmm. but that'd be a hell of a left turn i'd be down i'd be uh, yeah (laughs) i'd be be on that that. bandwagon you know abby or liza or somebody you absolutely don't expect fritz our boy Fritz. Fritz, somebody really likable. He, somebody, yeah, yeah, he's too nice. To... Some, something like that, I think, would be interesting. That's way down the I road. I think Fritz but... is the the constant. You know that he's the person we'll always root for, always feel for, even like no matter what happens. To him. Well, and you need so. a Fritz. So we talked about before. You have to have. You have to have heart. levity. Yeah, yeah. Because you watch, man. You watch some of these shows. We watch a lot of TV, and like. It's too much. It gets dark. And it's exhausting. Like 45 minutes. If it were just Frank for 45 minutes in the prison, it would have been great for an episode. But another one or two like that, it's like, dude, I can't watch this anymore. Mm -hmm. So you need Fritz being like, hey, if a guy comes back looking like me with no mustache, it's Nazi Fritz. Like you just need little things like that. You need need to break things up with that. You need to break them up with Charlie Nabby's relationship. Not my favorite Mm -hmm. story right now. But you need that ebb and flow. And if you don't have that pacing, the show will suffer long term because it just becomes hey let's pile conspiracies on top of each other and go crazy and it's like well wait a second that's there's no nuance yeah and i like that team implosion actually has something to do yeah the fact that they are helping and aiding and finding these nazi the nazi intel no matter that it's busy work they serve that yeah (laughs) it might be grunt work but they're serving a purpose for their country so it's like it's not like they're constantly being subjected to their offices and crunching numbers anymore it's like they're actually physically being taking the initiative and finding and helping all this. Yeah. So I I enjoyed this and yes, this whole Meeks. I'm not trusting Meeks. We I mean we don't trust him, but I it's making me question him even more. That's fair. Yeah. And again, I think you could legitimately make the case if we said, "Who is the spy? Is Meeks working alone? Is there another mole on the hill?" You could legitimately make the case for every single character who has appeared on the show. Down to Dunlavy. You really could. Yeah, you can make the case for him. every one of these people if you can argue it with the points from the show and, and, and cherry pick. And as of right now, that's why the show is so cool because there's, you know, really maybe 15 options. Some are more realistic than others, but you can make the case. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else? I think that's that it. That you need, we should talk about. This show is really heavy, Frank. And I think it's Very more Frank, Frank 
at the end. I mean, there's the idea of game theory and like the the, the life lesson to be learned from two men go into a place and does one come out? You one know, come out. This it's you know battle of the fittest, really. Yeah, like that kind of thing or survival of the fittest survival or whatever. Of the fittest. But that's that's Doggy more of a dog. general. I mean, it's an interesting show theme, but that's more of like a general theme that gets done a lot. And I'm more interested in like the propaganda and the conspiracy and the stuff we mm-hmm. learned right at the end. And so, the, the things that are happening just with our own government. Yeah, and, and it invalidates people itself. We sh- people we should trust. Well, well, it is wartime. But it invalidates itself. Not invalidates, but it but it it negates the discussion of that first part, that game theory part of the show. Yeah. Because Buker is not Buker. He's an insider. He's an informant. He's whatever but he I is. But I liked him. Oh, for sure. I did, too. But I'm saying, like, he's not another guy like Frank. He was sent in there to get something out to of Frank, in. and they got what they wanted. Yeah, At exactly. At least what they think they want. Which now... They should just let Frank go. <laughs> Good luck. I love that when Frank <laughs> said it too. He's like, "Do I go home?" And Daryl, whatever he said, he's like, "Ha! <laughs> you don't go home." Mm-hmm. Like whatever the line was. <laughs> nope. So how Not many? How today. many, how many more today. episodes? Really, really quick. Do you think Frank is in this prison or some kind of prison? Half of an episode. Really? That's yeah. short. Because we got a lot of answers already from what they were searching. Wow. We got a lot more answers. What else? What other questions have they posed that we didn't get the answers to here at that prison? I think they have... Let's do predictions. Okay. Yeah. Prediction time. Let's yeah. do it. I was gonna. I was gonna go all the way in on that. And I was like, let's just get the thing up, <laughs> do the little sound. You're after Buzz TV. Hmm. So here's the thing. We'll actually go first because I kind of lost my train of thought. Okay. <laughs> Because okay, at the prison, you know, Frank realized that he put Callie's name into the equation. Yeah. But we saw last episode that Paul actually figured out that was Callie's name in the equation. What does that? What do you think of Paul already figuring that out? Do you think he's also? I mean, we love Paul, but do you going off of your theory that maybe Paul's a spy too? Well, do you think that had a relevance? We, we we can get crazy in predictions, and Lord knows we. Just did with my that was Abby question. Prediction. That wasn't really a prediction, but I'm I'm but, just but, but going off of that. Here's where I'm going with that because I think for this, let's stay with what we know, or at least I'm going to stay with what we know to keep it simple. We know that Meeks is some kind of mole, so I think what mm-hmm. could happen with Paul figuring out the Cali thing, if Meeks is sending bad information to the Germans knowingly or not with the Cali equations, what if Paul innocently tells Meeks? I figured out these equations are wrong. Here's what you do to make them right or whatever. And Meeks goes, excuse my language, holy shit, and sends good information to the Germans. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the danger. That to me that Paul, assuming he's not a spy because we're going to keep it simple, that Paul is going to innocently tell Team Implosion, I figured out these equations are wrong. I found Callie. I found the name. I found this thing. It's wrong. Here's what's right. And Meeks goes, oh, damn. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And now, now Germany is going to be after me because I sent them the wrong information. Or even he can just send them the right information. And, and even if he says, I was being fed bad information, maybe they do kill him. But maybe they don't. And he just says, here's the good stuff. And Germany says, we're going to build a bomb. Right. So how long do you think it will take Team Implosion to realize that Mace is a mole? Paul and Fritz are, are good judges of people. And Helen doesn't take no bullshit. So I think Team Implosion could actually realize it pretty soon the question is no one really respects those people them enough <laughs> they don't to respect believe them, them. To believe yeah them. they're an outsider group they're they're like younger and they look rougher around the edges and they have a woman don't discount that a woman is on that team so people don't respect them in that time and in that place um so they may be yelling this like frank was yelling stuff in season one and maybe nobody's listening interesting okay i don't know 
All right. You know, it's, it was really hard to predict for this particular episode. I have questions, man. So, I have yeah, so many I questions. have more questions than predictions. But who knows? I give Frank at mm-hmm. least a full another episode. A whole another episode. At least present. one. Okay. And maybe we don't spend as much time with what him. What else would there be to be answered? Do you think that now Frank knows there's a, another spy or there is a spy on the hill? I have do you a think feeling. he could put two and two together that. Yes. It was summoned from yes. his own team. I have a feeling Frank already knows it's Meeks, and I think in this next episode we might see it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. They're for the next episode. Don't know why. I can't back that up factually. I've done a lot of, like, I feel in this I feel, episode. It's tough. <laughs> but I just have a feeling Frank knows or has a hint, and it, it, there's going to be a way for him to back it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it wasn't his his friend that got killed at the beginning of season one. The Japanese guy. The, the Japanese It definitely guy. wasn't it him. Wasn't I mean, him. That, was, that guy got... The really got the short boot end of the early. Stick. Um, yeah, I, I think Frank's smart enough to realize it's someone from his own team. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. That was a great episode. <laughs> Father that was, yeah, Land. No, another phenomenal episode. So, Bobby, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, this phone right here. You can dial. No. Uh, <laughs> at, on Twitter, I'm at Bobby Demuro on Twitter. Really simple. Just my name. Yep. So. And you can follow all of us here on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those fun platforms at. After Buzz TV. Tumblr. It's on Tumblr. I just saw a post about it. That too. You can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And then keep watching Manhattan. So many questions. So many things still yet to be answered. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. But 10. 10 Pacific. Yes. 10 p.m. Pacific. At a regular Tuesday. time. Perfect. We will see you next time. See you guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.